Welcome back to your tech report. Dave Hoffman is a business development manager for the Americas for Black Magic Design, a company that put out some really amazing products um, earlier this week, and I'm so excited to welcome him on the show. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, where am I catching you now? Because you're obviously you're remote. You're somewhere. You, I pulled you out of a presentation, obviously talking about some of the really cool announcements that you guys put out this week. Where are you? Yeah, I'm uh, actually in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, at uh, one of our uh, our great uh, reseller partners, uh, uh, doing some presentations to them, getting them up to speed with everything. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a very busy week. I can assure you. <laughs> is this is this Black Magic Christmas? Like, is this what's going on here now? Like, I feel like I need to put on a Santa hat and or at least be on the receiving end of it. Yeah, it, it feels like it. Uh, it's always, it's always an event when we, uh, roll out new products. It's always entertaining for us internally as well as everybody else. I mean, we, we enjoy it and feel it the same way you do, uh, watching Grant kind of walk through. And that, that is really one of the coolest things about the company is that he really, uh, takes a personal interest in, and walks through and shows the products. And, and, uh, it always, it always makes me smile. And I go, yep, I like working for this company. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because that's why we do interviews like this, because we like to put a face onto the company names because it personalizes things a bit. And I think when people make that connection, they realize that this is not just a faceless company. This is a company that is clearly listening to the consumers that they work with, to the video editors, the, uh, the audio guys, everybody in this business. And they're delivering products that really fill incredible needs. And, and I mean, let's dive into, I mean, everything. Let's start with, like, obviously, the cinema, cinema, cinema camera 6K. Um, yep. this is the next generation of the, of the digital film camera. Tell us about this one and we're going to just going to, you know, pop down the list. So, uh, over time, obviously the request has been for a full frame sensor and, uh, the discussion about the L mount and why that is a useful, uh, you know, that it has a shallower, uh, seating depth and things like that. But the full frame sensor was, was definitely a big demand, uh, from the cinema world. And we like to, uh, really say that our cameras, uh, at that cinema line really attend to the needs of the cinematographer and uh, the demand for the color science and, and other things that go along with shooting in that rigorous environment. And here we brought a camera with a really nice form factor. And while it looks similar to our other pocket cinema cameras, it is quite different. Um, it's a, it's a little bit physically uh, smaller, uh, flatter, I mean, and, and a little boxier, but that L mount uh, gives us a lot of uh, other creative capabilities and then the fact that we're also supplying it with the uh, with the mounts, where you only would have seen that on the Ursa line, where we have the the, uh, the transferable mounts on the Ursa line, where it can go from a PL mount uh, to an F mount or to a uh, EF mount. I can now do that on a small handheld camera uh, that's going to give me similar capabilities to explore different uh, creative capabilities with lenses. So this is a this is a really good thing. Additionally, the uh, the, the fact that you're using the full frame sensor allows me to shoot with these uh, anamorphic lenses and not have to uh, not have to kind of look at the anamorphic squeeze. I can actually get the full coverage and then bring that into resolve. So the output of all of this, obviously uh, our desire is that you take all of this and take it into resolve. And the resolve is an incredibly powerful suite of tools. This is a hardware interface into that uh, acquisition to the, to the software side of things. I love and it. It was just one of, one of many announcements that we made about feeding into that ecosystem, which by the way is, is uh, free for all the users. You know, Resolve is a free software. 
I, I mean, listen, you know, I, I had a chance to sit down with, uh, with you guys over at uh, NAB last year, earlier this year. God, time is flying by. And, um, number one, talk about impressive in terms of, you know, booth space and everything to take in. You could probably have spent the entire show just in the Black Magic booth, but it, it, it's very clear that the vibe amongst everybody in the industry is, is this new, I don't, I don't even call it new, but there's a just, it feels like a little bit of an invigorated focus on resolve and people shifting to resolve. And you're seeing a lot of people talk about how they're shifting their, their whole workflow to resolve. And, you know, free is a great reason to obviously do it. But, uh, even for the paid version, you're not looking at spending the, the hundreds of thousands of dollars that other people are doing to get the incredible quality and the output that they're getting from resolve. Yeah, I'll point I'll point out a couple of things about the software that will show you what the consideration that Grant has for the customer is. If you look at Resolve, go back, uh, you know, six or so years ago. Now I've been with the company since 2016, but I was a user of the products mostly on the cameras and the switchers and the hardware side of things uh, for for about four or five years before that. But starting with with uh, you know version 12.5 or so, we started to see an expansion of the capabilities. We added in a nonlinear editor, and then after our acquisition of Fairlight, he immediately added in audio editing capabilities. We added in the the fusion uh, visual effects. So all of that just continues to expand the capabilities. But every time you expand, it's always with the vision of a collaborative workflow. So everybody that works, hey, I'm a I'm a visual effects artist, or hey, I'm the audio guy. But you have access if you want to be introduced to learn understand nonlinear editing. Now, if you look at the product, there's actually two nonlinear editors that are built in there because he saw a need for, hey, I just need to cut down dailies or a rush, uh, you know, rushes and stuff like that. So that's our cut page, a cut page. But it doesn't say, oh, well, we're going to make this uh, simplified to a point where it's not really usable to a, a sophisticated editor. We still carry that right over. You just flip over to edit and all the work that you may have just been doing quick uh, cut downs on is now available with the extended feature sets there. And then I can move that right into color. So he really considers how is this going to uh, be used in a collaborative workflow and how am I going to have, you know, add value to someone who may just be, hey, I just want to be an editor. Well, guess what? You can do a little bit of color work. We see more and more people that are uh, kind of uh, multi, multi-discipline. Additionally, if you look at the hardware that, that's gone into it, when Resolve was available to the marketplace, there was one control panel. It was one big, massive, advanced control panel. We still offer that. Yeah. But since then, he's brought that back and made it accessible to people who say, hey, maybe I just need this um, as a DIT on set to do a quick LUT update or something like that. We have the microcontrol panels. And then in the editor's space, we have the edit con- uh, keyboard. We have the speed editor. Um, and, and we added in with the Fairlight control panels. Uh, we have the full you know, multi-bay control panel. Uh, but we also have the desktop editors. So all these things are adding in. And the camera is just another extension of that. So when we look at what we've added with the with the uh, cinema camera, we've added incredibly uh, feature rich and and creatively rich product that's accessible financially and easy to operate technically that feeds into an incredibly uh, rich ecosystem that is that is free. It's it's so you know I, I'm thinking back just to the the comparison you made you called it that that hardware element into the into the software and it's so true when you think about it right because when you know I'm coming from the audio background and I'm using an audio interface and that's my interface to my software but I never really thought about it in terms of what you're saying it's still a camera is a camera but that's not the case anymore because these are portals and, and I got to admit you know when I first had my eyes on Resolve. Uh, probably four, five, six years ago, you know, it was a little daunting at first because you came in and, and, 
you were almost like, okay, I don't know, I don't know where to start, but that sense has changed. And I think people feel that. And as you said, once you dig deeper, you realize this is a incredible collaborative experience rather than just, you know, individual pieces of software, which is really cool. Um, well, to, to address that real quick, Mark, I will point out if you go to our website and you go into the uh, Resolve microsite, there's a training section to that. And Grant, cares so much that we support 19 different languages and he has training in almost every one of those languages and if it isn't there yet it's on its way and it's done by native speakers he insists on having native speakers do the training and so we we really have gone through and given layer uh, level one level two of editing color grading visual effects people can go through that whole thing that we provide for free on our website that whole training program and get a certification as a user that has meaning because to get that certification, you have had to uh, demonstrated a, a competency in that. And so now we are able to give people at their own pace the ability to train. And we have live training that people can log into free of charge and they can ask questions of the subject matter experts. I cannot think of any other company that offers that incredible range of, of tools to get people into the system. And I've used those training videos, by the way, so I can attest to the to the use cool. case there. Um, I, I want to talk about the, the, the camera app, but not yet, because I know that's a big one. And I know that <laughs> I, I got a little bit of a bigger reception than you guys may have even expected. But uh, one of the ones that's really exciting to me is the Micro Studio Camera G2. Um, mm-hmm. Why I say that is because, you know, I'm a small production. I've got a TV show that we do. I do a lot of radio and a lot of videos and stuff like that. And I've got DSLRs and various things going around the place. But I've really wanted to unify things. I wanted to make it simpler. You know, I have users who are blind and I want to you know, set something up for them that they can go with the one push of a button, record a bunch of different angles. This micro studio camera brings things to a whole new level, not only from the price point, we're talking about $995, like that's absolutely insanely unheard of. Tell me about the feature set of this and how this came to be more importantly. Oh, it, uh, it will, it, it exemplifies another uh, philosophy that Grant brings uh, to the market. Here was a product that had gone into uh, remission essentially because of uh, uh, upstream constraints on on uh, on on product uh, components so it didn't go end of life it was uh, just basically had to kind of be put into cold storage for a little bit uh, but it's a incredibly popular camera this camera's almost six years old and so it's a it was a 4k camera at its genesis using a micro four thirds inch uh, mount and it has a, a sdi and hdmi connectors uh and and then it had a breakout panel a, a nine pin breakout the original version of the g1 that allowed for a whole bunch of different controls we had uh, at the advent of the use of unmanned aero, aero vehicles and drones and things like this. So it was a camera that had higher quality than, than your standard action camera and was able to, uh, be carried as a payload and has all these kind of controls. So we thought about putting in, um, uh, control from a remote control, like an S, uh, S control, stuff like that, that, that you would use for a remote control, uh, aircraft. So that camera, uh, was used in a whole bunch of really fun, uh, applications. One of which, uh, was, uh, the NHL here in, in the U.S. Uh, put them in all of the nets. So they built a special camera rig that was inside the net on all arenas. So, uh, the, the puck camera, as it was called. Yep. So if you go to, a, if you go to an arena and you see there's a camera up above that's pointing down, that is the net, but there's the puck camera that's inside. And, uh, they built a special enclosure for it. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And, and they had, uh, because we also provided camera control for exposure settings and things like that. They were able to control those cameras once they were in place. Obviously, you're not going to be going back on the ice to do a, a you know, a, an exposure setting. They could do that all remotely. And, and that camera was, was very popular, uh, with, uh, concerts and, and crash cams were another one. I, I've seen a number, a number of these cameras that have just, you know, uh, <laughs> their life 
their life expectancy was very short once they were put <laughs> into application. Um, and so then it was really kind of sad when it, when it uh, cannot be supplied any longer. So I'm super happy that it's back in the market, but we did some revisions on it. So we removed the nine pin because that's not necessary anymore. And we give that camera control through the uh, USB-C connection on the side. We still retain a HDMI bi-directional connection and the, um, the micro uh, USB connections or uh, SDI connections on it. So here is a, a great camera back in the market, similar form factor. So everybody who built around that form factor can still use it and and upgrade now and uh, and put this camera into application. Still a micro four thirds. So if you've invested heavily in all those lenses, this camera is going to be the next great uh, generational upgrade for you. Uh, and I know that a number of people are going to be happy that it's back in the market. I know I am personally because I have like 12 of them, and I use them all over the place from the podcasting camera. They they found a way, really, a unique application I found was in um, esports market space where they're used as yes. uh, POV, POV cameras. Yes. Um, because of their dynamic range, uh, the uh, cameras that were being used in a lot of these POVs were, were essentially webcams. And when you are in these in these arenas, there's a lot of LED, there's a lot of high frequency colors, there's a lot of, of variation in the in the range in the uh, light range. This camera can handle all that and and really gives that uh, capability for the the cinematic look that you want from that close perspective. Well, I need six right now, please. Okay, <laughs> talk to Terry. I think add, he can help that, you. <laughs> add, that my, add that to my cart. Um, okay, let's <laughs> let's talk about this camera app, okay? Because um, iOS is, I mean, iPhones. I mean, talk about a good week to put this out. I guess there's no coincidence there. Um, but new iPhones announced just a couple of days ago. Um, forget about new iPhones. I mean, this camera app, I'm, I'm sure, is a little bit backwards compatible to other other uh, pieces of hardware as well. How did this come to be? So if you kind of chart the, the, the history uh, going back a little bit, you'll find that we started going into the Apple ecosystem with Resolve two years ago or a year and a half ago. Uh, we started rolling out a bunch of different products uh, that support using these iOS uh, infrastructures and devices uh, with monitoring. Um, and then, of course, Resolve itself. You can do editing and you can do color grading. Um, and then, you, you know, you had the... Uh, the Bluetooth con- connectivity was always there as well. You no. side of things. So what we've done is we've put a uh, workflow overlay on top of the capabilities that are enormous and just very, uh, very, very uh, feature rich inside the hardware that Apple sells. Uh, we put a UI overlay and a, and a functional overlay that is very familiar to uh, Blackmagic users. It's a Blackmagic camera OS. It looks exactly the same and operates the same as your uh, as your uh, other Blackmagic camera products. But additionally, we linked it to our Blackmagic Cloud and we expanded the Blackmagic Cloud ecosystem. So now you have the ability to shoot not just single camera and record and you have some UI controls that look very familiar to you and you're recording on the camera and on the phone. That's great. And then I upload it. No, no, you're going in, you're actually connecting to an active project and you're uploading in real time to an active storage that's shared with other users. And by the way, if we're all in the same project and we all have our phones out and we're all shooting an event from multiple angles, all of that multicam is now being put together into a project file that can be immediately accessed by someone who's running Resolve and edited down. That can be both someone on site who opens up their iPad and links into the project and starts working right there or back at the uh, home office. If you're a news gathering agency and you have your journalists out in the market, uh, out in the field and they're doing this work, all of these things now make for a very easy multicam, multi-synchronized uh, edit down and, and sharing and synchronization of a project. And it's bi-directional. 
So I too can now pull down onto my phone and see what the edit looks like and go, oh, you know what? I need to do a pickup shot to add to that. And I mean, it just that, that functionality alone, it's like, it was great if you were just going to have an overlay and you were going to drive the already exceptional hardware that's provided by, uh, by Apple in the phone. But this adds a whole nother layer to the overall Blackmagic ecosystem and experience that is just, I think, phenomenal. And it's going to add to, hey, guess what? We have a couple of cameras that can stream right from the camera. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to have that next level of engagement where I'm taking my my Blackmagic cameras and I'm having the uh, interchangeable lenses. I'm having the bigger dynamic range. I'm having all the other color science that goes in there that isn't necessarily available to me on a, on an iPhone shoot, but I can augment that now uh, one way or the other. I'm either augmenting my cinema shoot with iPhone coverage or I'm augmenting my uh, iPhone coverage with a very nice cinema camera and, and going and using that inside the same ecosystem of Resolve. You know, this brings the concept of camera to cloud to a really different level, right? Because it's not just getting footage from one place to another. Oh. Having it tie into the cloud makes the whole workflow, again, workflow, right? This is a key yep. word here. Makes that whole workflow just sing. The cloud is, the cloud is simply a tool, yeah. right? So the cloud is the tool. It's not the destination. It's not the reason. The reason's your creativity. The reason is your content. So now I'm acquiring my content on demand in free uh, form and whatever I want. I'm sending that to the tools that help me then uh, to mold that vision, that creativity, and then deliver that creativity to my customers, which is the ultimate goal here, right? I have a, I have a vision. I have a message. I have a, I have a customer. I have an audience. And everything in between there are simply tools to do that. So the idea of camera to cloud and cloud being the driver is um, is a bit of a red herring. This is just a tool. What you're bringing into that environment is an incredibly feature-rich tool called Resolve and accessing it through multiple venues and multiple points of entry from your creative team and then outputting that to whatever content delivery service you want. If I'm going to deliver this on, on, a, on, on, say, YouTube or whatever other content delivery service, I have that capability to do it right out of the software now. And all of that can be done right from my mobile devices. So that concept of creativity to to to, to vision is is all right there. Like yeah, we're just it, making it, it as easy as possible, and it's instantaneous, which is amazing. Um, uh, a bunch of other announcements as well, which I'm not going to get into right now because I know <laughs> our, our time is limited. We could probably talk for another <laughs> two hours. Um, in terms of availability of the camera app, a free and available now. Yeah. Um, Micro yep. studio camera we talked about October, mm-hmm. um, yep. cinema camera available now, uh, twenty five ninety five. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I love you guys. Uh, I'm so happy to be able to have the opportunity to have you on the show and talk about this fun stuff. We are oh, slowly but surely switching everything that we do here to Black Magic, although we have a lot of stuff going on already. Um, but uh, please come back and talk about stuff down the road. I can't wait to hear some of the great use cases that you're going to find out about especially for the camera app and for some of the you know the new generation cameras because I think those are the fun stories when you find out how someone's doing, oh, I never thought of that application. And then yeah. you realize, wait a second, there's even more stories there. So, so please do come yeah. back and share those with us down the road. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. Your Tech Report will be right back. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.